Alright, today is the part three on Repel Fear on this series, Prepare Yourself. I'm just going to give a brief recap from last week on what we talked about so that we can, it could um, kind of continue into what I'm going to talk about today. And in this series, as I, as I have been saying, that we must not fear, we must not be troubled, we must not be agitated. So that we will be unshakable and unmovable, grounded in the midst of all the turmoil that is in the earth and that it is to come. And just, you know, you just look in the news every day and you see drama, you see turmoil. And that's not even including the stuff that's not even being reported in the news. But anyhow, last week in John 14, uh, I quoted the scripture which I shared in the week before, when Jesus says, you don't have to turn there. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't allow yourself to be agitated or stirred up. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be timid. Don't be fearful. And the reason why he said that, as I touched on in um, last week, in Romans 15.4 and 1 Corinthians 10, it talks about the things that were written, talk about the scriptures, the examples that were written, uh, it was written for as examples, it was written for our learning, for our admonition or warning, instruction. And it says, upon, the, on, upon whom the end of the ages have come. So, upon whom the end of the ages have come is referring to those in this church age. So, the scriptures were, were recorded by the apostles and by the prophets for our instruction, for our learning. And it was written as these men were inspired by the work, by the Holy Spirit. So not only did they write their experiences, but they also wrote what they learned by the Spirit. And what the Lord instructed them to write. Because I'm sure there are a lot of other things that they could have written, that were written, but it's not in this book, in this Bible. But what is interesting about it, um, I didn't touch on this last week, but it talks about a place in the Bible that talks about no one must add to this. Scripture, or no must, one must take away from it, which was very uh, pertinent because uh, as I was, the scripture just came to me, and it's amazing how the Holy Spirit brings things to your remembrance. And as we talk about what we're going to talk about today, you'll see why that is critical that we don't add to it or take away from it. I just thought that was amazing. So the scriptures, as I said, were written, recorded. It's the Word of God. That's, we call it the Word of God because it came from God. And it was written, for, our, as I said, for our learning, instruction, as warning and examples. And the Holy Spirit will teach us and bring to our remembrance what we have been taught and also what Jesus said. So when we are taught, when we have the knowledge, revelation, and which happens through experience, we will know our Father's ways and walk in the light and have peace. And when you have peace, there's no longer fear. Right? So today, I'll continue with repel fear, and today we're going to talk about Jesus. But in 1 Timothy, we're not going to turn there, I'm just going to state what it says. It says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, when, when it talks about it, that, it says, giving heed to spirits and doctrines of demons. 
So what is being said in the world by gurus or people who we consider influential? You have to measure what is being said because the spirit behind it is a demonic spirit. The spirit behind it is a de demonic spirit. So a lot of it sounds good because in the scripture it says Satan also transfers himself as an, as an angel of light. So just be, just be careful. I'm reading this to give you a, a, to set up what I'm going to be talking about. So there are, a lot of doc, there are a lot of doctrines that are being spoken. A lot of things people are saying. Okay, for example, saying, uh, uh, people say, uh, talk about your truth. What is true for you? Which is relevant. That is relevant truth. But there's only one truth, which is Christ. There is no, there's no your truth. If your truth doesn't line up with the word of God, you're in error. So it sounds good, but it's erroneous. It's a doctrine of demons, of devils. Right? So we, these things we have to be very careful about. So today, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Let's start in verse 1. I want to show you something. I'm just going to set this up. Okay, verse 1. We're just going to read 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, this is Jesus, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. So now Satan started to quote scripture. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you die dash your foot against a stone. This is accurate. Accurate. But verse 7, Jesus said to him, It is written, Again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. <laughs> Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Go away with you. Away with you, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now why did I read that? I read that not to dwell on what exactly happened. But what I want you to see there. What, how Jesus responded. It is written. Jesus is God. In the flesh. In the form of man. But what was he showing us here? Jesus was showing us. How man. Needs to respond. To Satan. He is God. But he's also man. What is interesting, Jesus said in, in the second uh, response to Satan, when he said, um, if you will, uh, what? If you would 
throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. Jesus said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Why did he say that? It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. But why, if that's the case, why is Satan tempting him? Because he's man. That's why. Satan will never go before God and try to test God and tempt him. Because he knows it's futile. But now God is in the form of his creation. He lowered himself. He's in the form of his creation, man. So he has every right to tempt man. That's why he's after him. But Jesus is showing us everywhere here it says it is written. I've heard this preached and we always talk, when you respond to Satan, we're taught, when you respond to the devil, you respond with the word of God. Which is absolutely right. But Jesus is showing us not only that. He is responding based on what is written. It's already recorded. What you have to say. How you respond to your enemy. God. It's written. So he's responding based on what is already recorded. He couldn't ad lib. He couldn't respond based on what he thought. He had to respond based on what is written. That's why it's recorded. That's why the word of God is recorded. So when we respond to anything, God already told us and showed us how to respond to something. So Jesus said, it is written. And then he quoted what was written. Do you understand that? Oh my God, that is so... When you put it together, and when you see, that's why he said, that, that's why the Bible says, don't add to the word. Don't subtract from it. Because if you add to it or you subtract from it, it loses its power. God is not obligated to back up that word, whatever you're speaking out of your own mind. He's not obligated to back that up. But he's obligated to back up what he has said. I, I, I thought that was interesting. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2. And this is, I want to show you something here. I'm going to refer back to, to, to this scripture we just read. But 2 Timothy 2. And we're going to start at verse 2. 2 Timothy 2. And, no, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 23. Let me get that straight. Are you there? Verse 23. But foolish, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Knowing, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. All means all. It's not just believers. All, even non-believers. Able to teach, able to teach patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. That means all. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Alright? But this is the part I want to get to. Verse 26. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. Oh my God. So what... What does all this have to do with fear? Be not being afraid to repel fear. It has a lot to do with it. Number one, it's telling us here that we have to be patient, gentle, and able to teach. We have to be able to teach. 
So when you're speaking something, you better know what you're talking about. Because you cannot regurgitate something that someone said and try and saying you're teaching somebody. You're not teaching. You're just repeating. And he said in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. Why? Perhaps God will grant them repentance. Maybe they are being blind, they will be, even though they have eyes to see, then they will, maybe God will allow them to see. Even though they have ears to hear, they're still deaf. So that maybe they can hear. Alright? And based, if they receive the truth with what they see and what they hear, God will grant them the ability to repent. So that they will escape the snare of the devil. Everyone who is walking in darkness is in the snare. They're in the snare of the enemy. And what does the snare do? Being taken captive by him to do what? Whose will? The devil's will. So the ones who are out there doing their thing. I talk about before I said evil men will grow worse and worse. Given doctrine, uh, given being seduced, deceived, and or being deceived, and also deceiving others, they are be in a snare. They are doing the will of the enemy. So we as believers are not to be fearful. We don't want to be caught in a in a snare, and to be held captive by the enemy to do his will. And examples we've seen lately, you know, people go shoot up a school. How can he do that? The world will say, oh, that person is mentally ill. No, they're not mentally ill. They're not mentally ill. There's a spirit behind it that is pushing their buttons. And they are doing the enemy's will. Because the Bible says the thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So they're doing exactly what their father is telling them to do. So when they say, these people say, I, uh, somebody told me, or oh, I hear voices. They're really hearing voices. People say they're crazy. But they're not crazy. They have been oppressed. Or possessed. Whichever, however it goes. But the enemy laughs because nobody believes, many people don't believe he exists. That's why he laughs. And he can do whatever he wants at will because they are held captive. But we as the sons of God, as the children of light, we are not to fear the enemy. Glory to God. When you are walking in the light, when you are in Christ, the enemy, the devil cannot take you captive to do his will. Did you hear what I just said? When you are walking in the light, the enemy cannot take you captive to do his will. We were once held captive by sin. And we have been set free. When we became born again. When we were, our eyes were open. And our ears were really open. The Lord allowed us. And gave us the opportunity to repent of our sins. Then we were taken out of the kingdom of darkness. Into the kingdom of light. Now we have access to the Father. So that we don't have to stumble around in darkness. Like we used to. Now we can start walking in the light. So we are no longer slaves. In the kingdom of darkness. We are no longer slaves to sin. We have been set free. Now, unlike Jesus, if we, do, if we don't know our Father's ways and who we are, we will stumble around in darkness and serve sin, giving the enemy power over us when the truth, when the truth is that we have authority over him. This is the scheme. This is the lie. 
We were taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. The powers, the principalities that had us captive to do their will. God took us out of their control and now given us the authority so that we have power and authority over them. But we don't know that because we're walk. If you're not walking in the light, if you're walking in darkness, you don't know these things. And a lot of people are afraid. Whenever you talk about, you know, you, you talk to regular people. A lot of people are afraid to die. A lot of people are afraid when they hear about uh, spiritual things. A lot of people start freaking out because they're afraid of whatever it is. Spooky stuff. But as children of light, we are not to be like that. We understand what's going on. We're supposed to know what's going on. Because the Father will let us know by the Spirit what is going on. And how we deal with the enemy. We are not to fear the enemy. Oh my God. We are not to fear the enemy. Okay. Let's go to First Peter real quick. First Peter chapter 5. And we will go to verse 8 and 9. This is what we, we are up against. As the, as the times, things get worse and worse. As evil men keep perpetuating. As things start happening. You see a lot of a lot of a lot more demonic activity. Okay, and this is what this is what we face here. Verse verse eight, First Peter five eight. It says here, be sober, be vigilant, be on guard, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He walks about like a roaring lion, making a lot of noise. Seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. May devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. That's as far as I'm going to go. He goes around making noise, looking for opportunity okay, to devour. But it says may devour. It doesn't mean he can devour you at will. Because in verse 9 it says resist him steadfast in the faith. If you resist him he cannot devour you. So you don't have to fear. Why? Because the Father, the Spirit will show you how to resist him. You don't have to figure out how to fight demonic, the, de- the demonic spirits. You don't have to figure out how to deal with them. Because the the word of God, it is recorded what we need to do, how we need to do it, how to deal with the enemy. It's already recorded. We have already been told ahead of time what to do, how to deal with this enemy. Because if you try to deal with him in your natural state, in your flesh, because the Bible says, and I'll get to the scripture, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. They're telling us what we're dealing with. And it's telling us how to deal with it. Oh my God. It's already recorded. It's already written. What we need to do and how we need to do it. And let's go to Second Corinthians. I just wanted to show you there. In Second Corinthians chapter 10. But in First Peter what I wanted to show you is. That the enemy doesn't, can't devour you. If you know how to resist. And the Lord will show us. The Holy Spirit has. It's already recorded what we need to do. So you don't have to worry about that. 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 10. Verse 3 and through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. It says here. For though we walk in the flesh. We do not walk according to the flesh. Even though we are in this physical body. We don't fight like normal people. For the weapons of our warfare. Are not carnal. They are not meaty. They are not earthly. But mighty in God or through God. For pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Or imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He's telling us. Here in the scriptures. He said we're not fighting the fight like people normally fight. We're not fighting with swords and guns. And knives. We're not fighting with, with propaganda. We're not, that's not the, we're not fighting this kind of fight. You're fighting. You're trying to deal with the symptoms. I'm showing you how to deal with the source of the problem. <laughs> we walk in the flesh. But we do not war after the flesh. Our weapons. Are not like the typical weapons. But they are mighty in God. Or through God. Pulling down to pull down strongholds. So we have to cast down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So you have to have some kind of knowledge. Can't be empty headed. And the knowledge is the word which is recorded. So the word recorded. If you read it. If you meditate on it. You will get the knowledge. Of how to deal with. Whatever the issues are. And in this case we are talking about spiritual wickedness. And how. It's telling also how to. That we have to take every thought captive. Because how does the enemy. Get someone to do what they want. First it has to deal with their thinking. Right. As the mind goes. So goes the body. What you are thinking. Determines what you are going to do. So first it has to. You have to, the battle has to be lost in the mind. Or in the enemy's case, one in the mind. In God's case, one in the mind. In whoever you decide to serve. Once you make the decision on which one you're going to serve, that will determine the course of action and the consequences that will come forth because of it. The battle is for the mind. Alright? Okay, so, <clears throat> now I got a question for you here now. Let's go to Ephesians 6.11 and then I'm going to ask you the question. Ephesians 6.11 I know I'm showing a lot of scriptures but I'm just setting things up. And I'm not delving deep into that. But this one I'm going to spend no more time in. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11. So in 2 Corinthians 10.3 we talk about we do not war after the flesh. Okay, Even though we walk in the flesh we don't war after the flesh. But if you go to Ephesians now, chapter 6, verse 11. Tell me when you're there, please. Okay. It says, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Here he's telling us again. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. But against what? Principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. 
this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because this is what we have to deal with, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So he is telling us in conjunction to what he said in Second Corinthians that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. He said because of that, because this is what we are dealing with, he said in verse 13, because of that, this is what you need to do. This is how you withstand the fight, withstand the enemy. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. He's telling us ahead of time what we need to do. Now look at this. So we are told now, we give an example here of what we need to do. It's written. The word, it's written. We can read it. But you need to have understanding of how to use this armor. He's telling us about armor. But if you don't have the understanding of how to use it, you will be fighting a losing battle. Now who is going to teach us how to use this? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach us how, oh my God, he was going to teach us how to use this armor. It's one thing to have the armor, but you've got to know how to use it. You could have a beautiful car, a Porsche, whatever it is, your dream car. If you don't know how to drive license, you don't know how to drive, that car is useless. It's just going to sit in the driveway. You've got to know how to drive it. And then still, if you know how to drive, doesn't mean you could drive the car the way it's meant to be driven, to experience the glory of that vehicle. You've got to know how to use the tools that you're given. So, do you think Jesus... Now, let's go. We're going back to, to, to Matthew. Matthew 4. So, Jesus went... He was tempted by the devil. Okay? Listen to this. Do you think Jesus stood against Satan in his own strength? No. Absolutely not. As a man, he was helpless against the devil. As a man. Even though he was God in the flesh, but he was man. As a man, he was helpless against the devil. Then how was he able to withstand the devil and overcome him? How was he able to withstand the devil in the wilderness? I'm, I'm, going to, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. How could he make the statement in John 14.30? You have to turn there. He said, the ruler of this world is coming. Listen to me. This is when he was... Oh my God. This is when he was... He knew his time was coming to an end. In the wilderness. How many years before? In the wilderness he was tempted. Overcame the enemy. He overcame the enemy. Then when he's getting close to his death. He knew they were going to come for him. He said, The ruler of this world is coming. But he has nothing in me. I mean, I quoted this before. But I saw some more stuff on top of that. Not only was he walking in the light. He was using the armor of God. Glory to God. Listen to me. I don't know about you guys. But I have always... I never Look, I never put the two together. You guys might have done it. You guys have super saints. I'm just like, Holy Spirit is just showing me stuff. 
I'll never put the two together. Oh my God. Listen, listen to me. He was using the armor of God. He always, Jesus always had his armor on. Always. Because I wonder, wait a minute. Jesus, when he said here, he replied to Satan, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. But I'm like, wait a minute. How could Satan test him, tempt him, and Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Jesus knew something about himself. He knew he was God, but he knew he was man. But he could only respond because he's man. He had to respond based on what is written. He could only respond based on what is written. Okay? So everything is written for our examples and for our learning. He was wearing the armor of God. Okay? Because he was man. And it's a it's a show us. And that that's why the, what it says here, it said here, disciples did not know it at the time. They didn't know it at the time. But afterwards, they knew because they were taught by the Spirit, as I said. The apostles record the weapon. The apostle Paul record the weapons. He said, the weapons that were available to believers. He, as he, he got the revelation, he recorded it. He was, in the letter he was writing to the church as Ephesus. Ephesus. He recorded it. So that they would know. This is what you use. To deal with the enemy. Jesus was already doing it. He was already. As Jesus was walking. That's, he was doing that already. They didn't have the understanding. It, no it's recorded. As it was taught to Paul. Revealed to Paul by the spirit. So he recorded it. So that we now. Are coming to the end of the age. Will know how to deal. What we are dealing with. And how to deal with it. Oh my God. Isn't that wonderful. Glory to God. Say, so listen, so we always have to walk with our armor on. Always, always. It's not put it on when you need it. You have it all the time. Because when you don't have it on, you're naked. You are vulnerable. Glory to God. Anyhow, whew, the Holy Spirit will teach us how to use these weapons. And let me, let me just show you something here. Verse 14 in uh, Ephesians 6. Therefore, Stand therefore having girded yourself. Verse 14. Girded your, your waist with truth. Who is Jesus? Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth. He is the truth. Alright? Then he said, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. What is that? The breastplate of righteousness. Believe in God. Believe in God. It says Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He believed God. Jesus walked with the Father. He was walking in righteousness. Okay? Having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He said what? This is why I'm here. To give the good news, the gospel to the poor. Recovery of sight to the blind. He was already, he was giving the good news. Wherever he was going, whatever you're saying, whatever he was doing, he was giving the good news. And above all, taking the shield of faith. Why? To quench the fiery, able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Jesus was walking by faith. Because as his father showed him, 
as the father spoke to him. He did what the father told him to do. And he did what the father showed him. He was walking by faith. Oh my God. You hear what I'm saying? Oh my God. Hey, anyhow. He was walking by faith. So when the enemy came with the fiery darts, what did he use? He used the shield of faith. And what? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So when Satan came in the wilderness tempting him, what did he respond with? He responded with the sword of the spirit. Which is the record. Oh my God. This is the word of God recorded. We have already been given the tools, the equipment, how we need to respond. What we need to do. When and how. It's already there in the word of God. All we have to do is believe it. And know how. Let the Holy Spirit will teach us how to respond. When to respond. If he has to give us a dream. A little more detail. He'll give us a dream. A vision. Whatever we need. So that we can overcome whatever it is we're dealing with. Hallelujah. I'm trying not to yell. <laughs> you guys understand what I'm saying to you. What do we have to fear? Nothing. We have nothing to fear. We have already won. We have already won. Glory to God. God, we have already won. I hope you're getting this. Woo! So as a man, he was helpless against the devil. But he was able to withstand the enemy. He was able to overcome. He, that's why you can say the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Why? He has nothing to accuse me of, because I was always walking with the armor of God on. He has nothing to accuse me of. I have nothing to fear. The disciples, as I said, did not know it at the time. Afterwards, they recorded it as they got the revelation, as they got the understanding. So that it be made known to us, those who are now walking in Christ. He used the analogy of the soldier's army to describe what God has made available to us to withstand and overcome the enemy. It says, having done all to stand. And it tells us how to stand. Right? The Holy Spirit will teach us how to use these weapons. He will teach us. But we have to be willing to be taught. We have to be willing to learn. We have to be willing to read. We have to be willing to spend time in the Word of God. Because if, you don't, if your head is empty, what does the Holy Spirit have to draw on? He has nothing to draw on. It takes a little effort on our part. It's not going to be happened by osmosis. I mean, I, I love my wife or I love my daughter. But they got to spend their own time in the Word. And let the Holy Spirit teach them. I mean, I, I, can learn, I learn from them. They learn from me. We all in the body, we learn from each other. That's what's going on. We all have to edify, edify one another in the faith. Oh my God. So there is no need to be agitated, fearful, or afraid of the enemy if we walk in the light and know who we are in Christ. The only way you're going to know who you are in Christ is if you spend time in the Word. It's already recorded who we are. We've got to flesh it out and let the Holy Spirit show us, teach us who we are. We are no, He said, listen, Israel was my son and I took him out of Egypt. Israel was a child. I took him out of Egypt, taking him to a place of promise. But Israel had the mentality of a slave. They didn't know who they are. Who they were. They're, they're a son going towards an inheritance. But they still have the mentality of a slave. The same thing happens to us when we get born again. 
We come out of the kingdom of darkness, slaves to sin, into a kingdom of light. We don't know who we are. We don't understand, so we have to be taught. But the only way you're going to be taught is if you spend time in the Word. Then the Holy Spirit has something to teach you. A basis on which to teach you. As I said last week, the curriculum is already set. But you have to spend time in studying the curriculum. And the teacher will teach you as you go through and read the curriculum. Glory to God. You're not going to get your degree if you don't spend time reading the, the, the coursework and doing the homework. You're not going to get your degree. The teachers can't teach you if you don't read the coursework. Glory to God. That's just a natural a comparison, analogy. The strategy of the enemy is to attempt to keep the child of God in darkness by distractions. We got to keep us so busy. So have us spinning around. We got this to do. We got that to do. Blah, blah, blah. We're running, 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 running. On a treadmill. But not getting anything of eternal value accomplished. Keeping us distracted off of the things we're supposed to be focused on. Right? Because if we focus on what needs to be focused on, all the other stuff, the Lord will move things in place and move things out of the way. No, our walk will be more organized. We'll be more directed. With less effort. So the whole strategy is to, is to keep us distracted. Keeping us ignorant. Number one, He keep us ignorant and we also, some of us keep ourselves ignorant. Because we're too lazy, we don't want to read the word. We spend more time with other stuff than in the Word of God. Keeping ourselves ignorant doesn't help us. It helps Satan. It doesn't help us because we are no threat to him. He will have things to accuse us with. He will not be able, we will not be able to glorify God. Our witness and testimony to the world will be ineffective. So if we serve our flesh, we serve sin and we serve him. And will be under such condemnation that we will be afraid to approach our Heavenly Father. That's what He wants. He wants us to have a guilty conscience. He wants us to be afraid to approach God. Because when you're afraid to approach God, He has you captive. Oh my God. But our Father doesn't want us afraid of, to be afraid of anything. Our Heavenly Father does not want us to be afraid of anything. That God does not want us held captive in bondage to anything. Why? Because he's not in bondage to anything. And we are to be like our Father. Free. Free, free, free. Glory to God. Free. So he doesn't want us to be afraid of anything. He doesn't want, he wants us free from the powers of darkness. And then those same powers, we are now subject to them. They are subject to us. As saints of God, as children of God, we're not to be afraid of the enemy. The enemy is supposed to be afraid of us. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? When we walk in a room, they must start acting up because we are a threat to them. They are subject to us. And it will make you think that you have no power over them. But that's a lie. We have nothing to be afraid of. We have no, t- no need to be agitated. And if we already have the, the tools and equipment to to fight against this enemy. And not only fight. Fight and win. Anyhow. So my brethren. Don't be fearful. God has truly everything under control. We just have to believe it. 